Thanks everyone for joining us on the Great Southern Grass Matters podcast. It's James Fremantle, your co-host here with my co-host, Andrea Crothers. Good to be here, James. Finally back in the studio together. I know, it's great, isn't it? We, we started the series this way. We're finishing the series this way. Going to wear Christmas Eve. So mm-hmm. that, uh, what, what uh, do you think Santa's going to bring you? Oh, look, hopefully a lot of things. <laughs> But I did actually bring you a bit of a Christmas gift because we are in the festive season. Um, I've got one for our lovely producer, Emil, too. Just a little bicky. Oh, it's little, but gross. I figure that you're going to be stuffing yourself silly anyway with the rest of the festive season. Um, so, you know, just, just a little one to bite into, a little gingerbread man, which, of course, I baked myself. Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, on, on my way through the cafe to get my coffee this morning. Thank you, Crothers. It's, it's, you know, there's always a, a bit of... Christmas receivers guilt when you didn't bring something to give to someone and they give you something. But thank you anyway. I just wanted to make you feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's been happening for you? Yeah, no, it has been a really interesting year. I don't know, but as we sort of get to the end of 2020, I don't know how you're feeling, but I'm feeling a little bit tired and a bit overwhelmed with how everything's been sort of getting ready for 2021, don't you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, the year that everybody wants to end pretty quickly. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think what's what it has done for me is reiterate the connection that that we have, that people have to. Well, for me, it's been to the land to to because I've been. Um, You're lucky to go home, kind of isolated out of the yeah. city for so long. Yeah, 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 and and that's what. That's what's come out of the conversations with producers, particularly for me, is that real sense that these are people who, uh, they, they love their stock, they love their land, they love what they do, and by and large, they're, they're trying to do a better job in terms of sustainability, in terms of pro- producing the best possible product, taking feedback and, and changing the product so that it's, it's better and better. And they just love what they do, and they're they're here for the long term, and that's really jumped out at me, and that's resonated with my own life, on my little place with uh, with my ten ewes and Alejandro the alpaca and Doris the ram. Did you always have an alpaca? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Alejandro, uh, we got him when he was very very scrawny. I don't think he'd been very well looked after, and and uh, he's now very handsome fella. And uh, we, we, we shear him every year. Our, our shearer, Ben, who learnt to shear on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and he's very hey, good Hey, there's at- a lot of things to learn on YouTube. All of my COVID lockdowns was YouTube lessons. Yeah, well, look, he, he's a great shearer. Anyway, he's, he shears the sheep and, and he shears uh, Alejandro. And, you know, we stretch him out, pull out his his. I've seen it. You've got, you've got to like, it's a three-man operation, isn't it? Like, no, so no, you have to have a couple of people to hold him? No? See, it's a Ben operation. He does it all himself. Oh. Puts a weight down on Alejandro's neck to just so he doesn't injure himself by flailing his neck around. Anyway, so the last couple of years, um, well, actually last year we gave him a mullet. Uh, so everything off except a really great mullet down the back of his neck. And, uh, and sort of spiky on the top. And what happened was that, that Ben then posted the pictures of him onto Facebook and all his customers who have alpacas have gone, oh, we want a mullet, we want a mullet. Oh, come so, off it. So Alejandro has been like the, the fashion 
scene setter in the Would we say that? Earth. Well, I don't know. And then this year, we uh, we find it down to a, a really tight mohawk uh, mm-hmm. and spray painted it pink. And everywhere around our, our area in uh, central Western Victoria, the alpacas are now sporting uh, mohawks, many of them spray painted. Those poor, poor things. If, if, if a COVID haircut could get much worse. Um, hey, but alpaca wool is actually quite um, lucrative, quite valuable. Do you do anything with yours? Yeah, actually, uh, my wife, Kath. Obviously, it's only one, but... Well, we're, Kath is um, spinning up our... So we've got some uh, blackface suffix, we've got some whiteface suffix, we've got some crossbred ewes. This is in our 10 ewes. And, uh, and we've got a Dorset ram and we've got our packet and we're making a blend of all the fleeces and, and Kath uh, dyes them with botanical dyes. So stuff from the garden, uh, stuff from uh, things like avocado peel or locut leaves you know she boils them up she creates dyes and then she got this beautiful range of colors that come out and they change with the seasons they're amazing so she she does that and then she puts together beanie kits so you can knit your own beanie oh yeah with different colors uh you know you choose your colors and it's all from our place how nice yeah it's a massive industrial scale commercial operation yeah no it seems that way (laughs) um anyway enough about us and about the year let's have a look back at everything we've gone through with great southern um i don't know about you but there was a lot of topics i actually learned a lot because my knowledge of uh you know the industry to be fair is it's very much basic from the outside like i'm not there producing livestock so to actually find out the ins and outs was really interesting but one of the other areas I really loved this time around was looking at markets and the way that all the different markets that Australia, lamb and beef, particularly when it comes to grass-fed Great Southern are heading into and the way they all differ. So like if you look at the US, I remember my chat with Kim Holzner, one of the big shocking things I found was just the way they consume food. Less than 60% of their meals um, they eat are actually eaten at home. So when, I know, crazy, right? Is that right? Yeah, crazy. Because when you think about that, like, that's a lot of meals out. That's, Absolutely. So, um, or prepared at home rather, but it's a lot of meals getting elsewhere. So when COVID hit over there, it obviously just tipped things like everywhere for food service towards retail, but so much more massively so on the sort of challenges there. But then you look at places like Japan where, um, you know, it's such a grain-fed, Wagyu-dominated area. How do you do a hard sell like grass-fed going into that place also with, you know, lamb, which is very minimally eaten over there. But then you look at the UK, which is small, high value, but also you've got, it's the real lamb hub for us. But there's also some really interesting things to come there once we, you know, once they go through Brexit, once we get free trade deals and stuff mm. signed. So I found all of that so fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really enjoyed kind of seeing the different parts of the supply chain uh, from a Great Southern point of view, talking to the guys who work in the livestock area, the, the guys who work in... Um, the sales area, and then the, what we call the missing link, Sean Naden working in processing, and how they're uh, really working on the efficiencies there, making it um, just better and better in terms of, particularly in terms of their feedback to to producers. No, that data definitely is key. Mm, mm. Um, and then the tech stuff, which generally goes over my head, but someone like Richard Apps from MLA talking about lean meat yield and uh, and again, that that 
um, acceleration of the specificity of feedback to producers and how that's making such a difference to, to quality, but also to the um, to levels of waste and, and making sure that producers can really target to the market specifically and get, get exactly what the consumers want. And I had a similar chat said with Elkie Hocking about lean meat yield and the, you know, the aim to try and strike that balance between achieving as much growth as quickly as you can, but also not sacrificing eating quality. And I think the future with that with DEXA and then eventually looking at how, you know, her goal one day is to eventually have people paid by uh, a lean meat yield grade as opposed to other ways. And I found all of that really fascinating because it was yeah, stuff that I really hadn't had much exposure to, you know, although I'm sure everyone else within beef and uh, within, you know, beef and lamb, et cetera, have all been quite familiar with that mm. before. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then people like uh, John Gardner and, and Nick and Dave Allen, uh, who've successfully done their succession planning, taken over where the, the, the younger generation coming back to the farm, taking over from from dad usually, uh, and but bringing a really sustainable focus of a whole of farm planning, planting lots of trees, building shelter belts, all that stuff that's uh, that's really guaranteeing the long-term future of agriculture. And that, that's so so good to see and so good to hear those young people going back to the farm. I actually remember listening to that one. They sounded like they got, got along quite well, which did. isn't always the case when people um, are trying to move through that transition period. Someone who I won't forget because I absolutely loved chatting to him is Dave Ronalds. Um, so he's very familiar to uh, Great Southern and producers. He's a legend of the game. He's been first started as a cattle buyer in 64 and he's been with the one company ever since. He was just an absolute gem. Great to see like the way things had evolved through his time with the companies, um, you know, and also the way he's sort of navigated those markets. Plus, you know, it's always just great to chat to someone who's seen and done so much more than you ever have. But the best part was you'd like this. He became a cattle buyer because he wanted to spend someone else's money. Oh, excellent. Oh, that's a, that's, that's a good reason to do anything. Yeah, probably. Exactly. <laughs> I particularly liked speaking with Verity Sutter because uh, I think she was the only woman I got to speak to since uh, speaking to you at the first episode. She was probably much nicer than I was. <laughs> oh, yeah, she was delightful. No reflection on you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she talked about her her specialty is in herd health. And, uh, and again, that was another thing that was a real feature of the, the whole data link process where uh, processes are getting feedback on their herd health as they go... Uh, sorry, producers are getting feedback on their herd health as, they, as their carcasses are, are graded. So... Um, again, that sort of use of data, use of science, use of technology to just make this uh, a world-leading um, product. Well, it's been a big year. Um, Christmas, Christmas is coming. Uh, we always know there's a bit of debate about how everyone celebrates. Do you have any particular Christmas traditions? Uh, oh, gosh, you put me on the spot there. Um, have you got the tree up at least? Not yet. No, look. Uh, James, the, <laughs> look. You're going to have to start pulling it down by the time you get it up. The Christmas tree has been high on the list for the last two or three weeks. Yeah. Sounds like it's been high on the list. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not quite at the top yet. What are you doing for Christmas? Well, I'm actually working Christmas Day. 
Um, so I'll probably go and enjoy a bit of a Christmas night with friends, but I've then got to go work at the Boxing Day test the next day. Oh, you so, poor thing. Oh, I'm outside the G. I'm not inside. But, it, yeah, so I can't exactly have, you know, can't indulge as much as one would like. But unlike you, I actually have a tree up. Um, is it a real tree? It is, but it's not a pine tree. Um, my housemates are somewhat Grinches, shall we say. Um, didn't really want any festivities at all. So I've converted my indoor olive tree, which is gorgeous, um, to just a Christmas tree by chucking a few baubles on it so that we can meet halfway. Yeah, that's not bad. I like it. I yeah, like it. it actually Olive looks... trees are good. good look. Seeing as I am around Melbourne for the festive season... I do want to probably swing by Philip Kennedy's place, Pure South Dining, which is just in South Bank, which I also chatted to. And when I chatted to him, the place was cleared out, chairs stacked up because of, you know, lockdown, etc. But he's a guy who created this restaurant because he loved Tassie and King Island so much that he was like, well, I'm going to get out of just doing the pub game and the steakhouse game. I want to actually go and have a glorious restaurant that celebrates it all. So... He's been raving on about this beef Wellington that I'd love to try, but also I think it'd be great to go in and sort of see some of the different products he's got there from the Great Southern Range, which would be quite nice to sink your teeth into as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when are we going, Carlos? When you're paying. Uh, <laughs> oh, gee, that could be a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is a nice restaurant. Very nice. Well, I do remember going to King Island many years ago. I think it was before we were married and... Uh, and, and and Kath and I went there and we did taste some beautiful King Island beef when we were there. We also went nude fishing and that is really <laughs> dangerous. That was a visual I did not need. <laughs> Gee, it was fun though. Caught, didn't catch anything, luckily. <laughs> on the on the fishing line or elsewhere? <laughs> Either. <laughs> I'm actually headed to Tassie in January. Um and I can guarantee I'm not going to be involved in nude swimming. <laughs> no, it's nude fishing. Oh, nude fishing. Sorry. Nude, nude anything. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Keep digging, Crothers. That's magnificent. Oh, dear me. <laughs> Better turn our attention to something else. Yeah, okay. Great. Uh, speaking of which, I had a um, roast, uh, slow roasted leg of shoulder, um, leg of shoulder, shoulder of lamb last night. And I cooked it, I, I love slow cooking, and I cooked it for 10 hours at 105 to 110 degrees Celsius. And I cooked it with olives and with lemon and uh, rosemary and salt and olive oil, and that was it. Oh gosh, it was good. And Emil just suggested to me before that I should use uh, anchovies. As well. See, no, I find that bizarre. I just like my I like my lamb with your rosemary, your salt, your pepper. Just you know, if it you don't need any of the add-ons, you don't need your anchovies, you don't need your olives, you don't need your. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. But gee, it was good. It was, and I love the cut through of the lemon, particularly. Lots of lemon sliced in and, and baked with it. Oh, it's mm. good. Oh, and garlic. Nice. Yeah. Actually, I could keep adding things all yeah. See, my family, we um, had an early Christmas um, up in Mudgee, um, New South Wales, near Orange there. Gorgeous little spot, few vineyards. It's very nice. And I, um, you know, as the poor daughter left in Melbourne, not coming back to Queensland for Christmas, I got to take the leftover baked ham. Nice. I'm a big hit in the household at the that, moment. I, look, 
When, when you said that, I saw your face light up when you said not going back to Queensland for because Christmas. Because they're starting siphons on Christmas Day. I've, I've missed it. <laughs> okay, so... Which means you basically every Christmas if you're at home, which I do not I do not, not like at all. It is actually very enjoyable. Well, big but message 4 30 to... But 4.30am, you've got to wake up and that's your first thing you do. Right. Go just, and start just, siphons. Well, it looked like a big message to Andrew Crothers' family to say... I didn't didn't really want to come home for Christmas. I'll get there. It's uh, no. It's I'm just laughing because I got I've got the ham. Who's the real winner here? <laughs> yeah. Perhaps we should stop rattling on. You can follow us at Great Southern Family uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can get this from Thursday two p.m. every week. Uh, and but you your... don't just have to listen to it at two o'clock. You can uh, oh, just yeah. search on your streaming device for the Great. Southern Grass Matters podcast and listen whenever you are, wherever you are, whenever you like. That's it. Follow us on the socials at Great Southern Family. Merry Christmas, uh, one and all. Happy New Year. Cheers. Bye.